fly around. Little green peas from the ground. Buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop 'em black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve food and agriculture, often with that Mountain South Appalachian flair. And on occasion, I just might have a guest from our neighbors from surrounding states here in the Southeast. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The theme song that you just heard was sung and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. Today, we are setting the table with a delivery service for farmers markets called Farm Grub. We visit today with co-founder of Farm Grub, Wade Austin. This is a company that's designed to make our community a better place and to answer the need to deliver farm fresh, regionally sourced groceries right to your door. In Fred Sossman's Potluck Radio series, he shares a story about iron sandwiches. And I've got a few fun tidbits from the old-time Farmer's Almanac. If you're listening by radio, I've got a really beautiful Bill Monroe Gospel number. Thank you so much for tuning in here today. I really appreciate your good company. Our first guest is Wade Austin, one of three partners who've created the company Farm Grub. Wade grew up in Tennessee. He established a very successful company in Knoxville for 19 years. He then moved his family out to California and for many years worked with big mega companies. And now he and his family have come back to Tennessee and he and his partners and good friends have created the company Farm Grub with an overall goal of making the community a better place for his kids, grandkids, and generations to come. There are several of these companies that have cropped up in our region lately, and what makes Farm Grub a little different is that 15% of the profits are donated to Second Harvest East Tennessee, and the formation of this company is propelled by two mission-focused goals. In this time of quarantine, this kind of option really opens the door for mobility impaired or quarantined or people avoiding shopping in crowds with this pandemic. Currently, the zip codes that Farm Grove delivers to are every zip code in Knox County and one zip code in Maryville. The future plan for Farm Grub is to expand from Chattanooga to Greenville. Let's first start off with getting to know Wade a little bit and his two main mission-driven concerns that he and his partners identified that Farm Grub hopes to transform in the future. Tell us a 
little bit about your background, would you? Sure, yeah. So I grew up in the beautiful mountains of East Tennessee up around Chucky, right outside Greenville, um, and thought that was the whole world for a long time and still love that part of the country. Came to Knoxville uh, for college um, and then stayed for about 19 years, had my own agency here in Knoxville. And then I had a client that made me an offer to come out to California and help her with her zero-to-one business. My wife and I talked about it, and we thought, well, this might be a good excursion. We never thought we'd stay out there too long. So, uh, But we went out, and um, I, I um, worked with a company called The Real Real. It was headed by Julie Wainwright. She was the infamous CEO of Pets.com, if you remember that big bubble burst. Uh, Julie is a kind of a legend in Silicon Valley. and uh, So she invited us, or uh, offered me to come out and help her build her company from the beginning all the way up to a publicly traded company. For me, it was a great opportunity because I had spent 19 years on the outside looking in. I'd helped a lot of companies like HGTV, Food Network, DIY, and those types of companies. But it was always from an agency's perspective. Yeah. This was my first time to kind of get to the belly of the beast, so to speak, right? Yeah. Actually be within a company from the inside out. And learned a lot. It was real hard work. Um, learned a whole lot, met a lot of great, smart people, and uh, um, but was uh, homesick pretty quick, and so uh, kind of finished my job there and got her pointed towards publicly traded company and headed back headed back to Tennessee. I'm so glad you're back because you have started with some other people this company called Farm Grub. Now, mm-hmm. basically, what is it? What do you do? Just a little background. Um, while I was in California, I met uh, who I now consider my best friends and a business partner, um, Omar Chandri, and he had come by way of Bed Bath and Beyond and Vont Purvey, and he had a lot of expertise. He was, he was real good. Um, and while we were at the Real World, we started talking about doing something with our with our lives and our and our skill sets and our professions. And one thing we really agreed on was trying to find something that actually would make a difference actually it was a positive momentum effort of some sort not just another widget you can sell online and make a lot of money off of or something like that so we were looking for an idea thinking about it I had moved back and then I moved back to Tennessee and we started an agency we, we do some work for some local companies here in Knoxville and um, another good buddy of mine who is also our third partner Hank Rosenfelder called me up on a Sunday morning, and we were always batting ideas, right? It's like, hey, I got an idea, I got an idea, you know, what are we doing? He called me up, and he goes, I just went to the farmer's market. He said, we should think about having a delivery service for farmer's markets. And that's all it took. Like, that was the epiphany for me. I know that day, all day Sunday, and by 4 o'clock in the morning, I had um, the business concept, uh, I had the name, I had our goals, I had our, uh, <laughs> our our value propositions, I just, because it all fell together for me, right? Because we had talked about before that, I had seen like these two opposing statistics, right? CDC, one statistic says 40% of all food is wasted. 40%, that's, that's 8 million acres of farmland wasted. That's mm. 25% of all our fresh water wasted. It's 15% of the carbon footprint in the air, right? And the other statistic that was kind of gnawing at us was one in three families suffer, uh, struggle for basic dietary needs, right? Like one in three families. really, And, and in fact, we all struggle, right? Like got to hit the fast food because you're in a hurry or you got to pay a little extra for the stuff that's better for you at the grocery store. And this just didn't seem right. So, so we really started noodling in on 
how can these two opposing statistics kind of help each other out and, and, and move in, the, in a better direction. So it all became uh, really centered or focused around what could decrease the waste, right? Like why are we wasting so much food? Why is 40% of the food we're wasted while one in three families struggle? It doesn't make any sense, right? And I think the biggest challenge that causes that much waste is our very extended national food chain, right? So here we are in Tennessee. We get fruit from Florida and California. You know, we get food and vegetables from all around the world while Tennessee is a very agricultural center, right? Like we can grow so much. We can grow just about everything we need. Mm-hmm. So we dug in a little deeper. Um, we knew Farm Grub was the name. We knew we wanted to look at doing a business model that made it convenient for people and affordable for people to eat healthier, right? Like that was kind of the, the, um, the, main, the main goal. Um, we dug in um, a little bit more into the national food chain. The University of Tennessee did a food shed feasibility study in 2018, I believe, it was, a, it was a big, thick study. They did a great job. They interviewed farms. They looked at resources around the area and just kind of explored how feasible a food shed would be for this area. And it turns out it's not feasible. You take a 200-mile radius around Knoxville, we produce about 5% of what Knoxville consumes. Mm. Um, and meanwhile, farms are struggling. Farms are dying. Um, it's kind of late in the day in that regard, we felt. Define food shed. The metaphor is um, how much food do I have to make it through the winter, right? That's the metaphor. But a food shed is used as a, a general notion of how much food does an area or homestead or region have um, that they can uh, rely on, yeah. right? And so a Knoxville food shed would be uh, an amount of food or a resource of food that allowed Knoxville to prosper on their own mm-hmm. um, without outside uh, assistance. So eventually we realized it really was about proximity. It was about um, locale, location, and sustainability, community sustainability, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there was a bit of a sign for us when the coronavirus hit. Um, And it kind of pushed me to think, okay, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, or this is something that we need to be moving towards, Mm -hmm. when um, suddenly all the aisles in the grocery store were empty. Yeah. We're so tethered to this outside national food chain that worst case scenario that gets totally cut off for any length of time, then we're going hungry. We, we are not able to sustain ourselves. We won't be able to eat regardless of how much money you have or your income or any of that. There just won't be enough resources. So, so we have a long, we have a long um, I should say we've set out on a longer road that's longer than us, right? We really think... This is an inevitable outcome, right? Because a non-sustainable system like the national food chain, by definition, is Mm non-sustainable. So inevitably, we'll have to solve this problem down the road. We'll have to be able to take care of ourselves from a regional standpoint, from a local standpoint, and from our own individual standpoint. Mm -hmm. Whether we tip the scales in my lifetime, my son's lifetime, my grandson's lifetime, I don't know. Right, like it's a it's a long road, yeah. um, but I think uh, our main goal with Farm Grub is to head us down that road, is to start moving us in the direction of surviving off ourselves, and prospering off ourselves, and sustaining the community. 
You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, and our guest today is Wade Austin, co-founder of Farm Grub, a delivery service for farmers markets and regionally sourced and produced groceries. They contribute 15% of their proceeds to Second Harvest East Tennessee, and this is also a company that's in the business to reduce food waste and improve the amount of regionally produced and consumed farm fresh products for everybody. In the second part of our visit, Wade lets us know how his business works, some of his customers that he's come to know, and some of the regionally sourced products that are available through Farm Grub. That's right, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because one thing I didn't anticipate um, was our appeal to uh, more traditional, uh, kind of back-to-the-basic type uh, groceries. Um, but I've learned so much from some some of our customers. They 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 tell me all about tomatoes. They know about tomatoes. They're the ones. Uh, um, there's a there's a, a lady in North Knoxville, Judy Jensen, who uh, gave me the rundown on greens. We had greens, and I was like, I don't know, mustard greens, collard greens. You know, we had all these greens, and she hit me up on Facebook, and she's like, I'll take half a bushel. And I'm like, because we were going to sell them by the pound, but she wanted half a bushel. Uh, so that part of it, I feel like we are kind of getting back to more of a, um, a simpler way of looking at things in, in, a, in a way of how do, you, how do you survive, how do you keep food in the pantry for you and your family or, or yourself. So it does kind of lean, uh, in that regards, I think it does lean towards an older demographic mm-hmm. for sure. So, And we love, love, love helping people who otherwise have um, a struggle, right? Like that's our, that's our main goal. Yeah. We, want, we don't want anyone to go hungry. Like uh, everyone eats, the kind of the, one of the taglines we played around with uh, was everyone eats, but also eats well, right? Not just mm-hmm. eating, but actually eating well. So that's so good. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of a second level challenge. So we love Second Harvest. Those guys are awesome, amazing. Elaine over there has taken us under her wing. Mm-hmm. She's one of our biggest supporters, uh, uh, not financially at all, but the biggest um, supporters um, uh, socially, and uh, she's just behind us. And we've done a lot of discussion with Second Harvest, who's under Feeding America, and um, there's a, there's a couple of different levels. So they do a great job of making sure everyone eats. Mm-hmm. Right, that's great. Um, but now we're starting to discuss about the quality of the food, right? Like how how do we not how do we not just only make sure that everyone eats, but how do we get um, the, the the healthier food um, to everyone? So um, it's a good discussion. It's a real good discussion that we're working towards. So one of our theories, or one of our research findings that we think we understand is ten to fifteen percent of us society uh, uh, in general, we'll go that extra mile. We'll go to the farmer's market on Saturday. We'll, we'll spend that extra money on the organic food at the grocery store. Um, we'll wait till Thursday for the farm box to come, right? And all those programs are awesome. Like we love farm boxes. We love farmer's market. We're not, no way knocking any of that. Um, but we're not, we're trying not to focus on the 10 to 15%. We're really trying to focus on the uh, 85 to 90%, which is the rest of us, which are the, you know, everyone who are busy, you've got families to feed, it's, it's you know, life can go fast, right? Um, so we don't consider ourselves trying to go up against someone like um, uh, Market Wagon or, or, or 
um, or a or a or a market a farmers market or a farm box. We want to we want to hopefully empower all of those efforts, but we're really going up against the Instacart. Uh, we have to have the same behavior and the same level of convenience. So just like you can go on Instacart and you can order and they deliver it same day, like within the next couple hours, we do the same thing. So we resource all our uh, food uh, as local as we possibly can be, right? Yeah, we, uh, I think the furthest resource we have right now is uh, uh, some West Tennessee uh, resources, but I think about 90% of our food is within very easy driving distance from this area. Um, and an individual can get on farmgrub.com. They can put stuff in their cart and uh, they can check out just like any other e-commerce site. Um, and they can choose their delivery slot. They can say ASAP or they can say two hours from now or they can say tomorrow in the morning. However, whatever is convenient for them. So, Tell us the, the scope of things that you all have. Sure, yeah. I mean, I think our goal is much bigger than where we're at now, but where we're at right now, we have about 450 SKUs, and there's basically uh, four to five categories. So we do definitely have vegetables, right? We have vegetables and fruit when available, right? Um, We also have meats. We have some great meats. We have uh, Mitchell's steak. We have grass-fed from Lick Skillet at a new market. Uh Uh, We're really happy with our meat selection. Um, So we have plenty of meats, and and they're expanding. We have some lamb now. We're getting ready to update and add some more lamb. Um, but we also get into all the other things you need. So, so cooking, different oils, we've got different seasonings and spices. Um, we have uh, some awesome pasta. We have different sauces, jams and jellies. And, we've, and our goal uh, is to continue to grow because, again, we want to be at least an augmenting option to the national food chain. And to do that, you kind of have to be the, the grocery store, right? Mm-hmm. Hand-selected and uh, local. Uh, one thing you'll, you'll probably never find on Farm Grub is some of the colas or um, some of the chips um, that, that aren't necessarily the best for you. Your mission behind Farm Grub, you touched on it already, but ultimately when everything is just how you want it mm-hmm. and it's working perfectly, what mission does it fulfill? So our number one end-of-the-day mission is to make sure everyone eats. And we believe by cutting out the middleman, um, National Food Chain has six different stages. They waste a lot of food. We believe if we can be more diligent, more efficient, um, um, and, and, and focused on the way we manage distribution, our math shows us that there's going to be enough extra to make sure 100% everyone eats. So the current math says if, for instance, we were to service 20 to 25% of Knoxville, we would be able to feed 100% of the 12.5% of the families under the poverty line. And when we say feed, we're saying we'll offer them um, credit and they can come and shop on our store and we'll deliver it to them week in, week out. So that's our ultimate goal. Um, right now, we pledge 15% of all our profits to Second Harvest, um, but that's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. So, like this, just that concept of being the grocer, mm-hmm. it feels feels really good in my soul. If I, I, I think I may have been. Everything has led up to me being that. I think, <laughs> in, in some weird way. So. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, and our guest today has been Wade Austin. 
Wade was raised in Chucky, Tennessee, kind of up there in the Upper East portion of the state. He and his two partners created Farm Grub, a delivery service for farmers markets that also contributes 15% of their proceeds to Second Harvest East Tennessee. And he wants his business to really improve our community. Their goal and motto is that everyone eats well. More information, farmgrub.com, and I've also placed links to this and all of my guests, along with pictures of Wade on my website at tennesseefarmtable.com. And the podcast for this show can also be found right there on that landing page. Up next is Fred Sossman's Potluck Radio Series, and today he has a segment on iron sandwiches. This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Sossman. It was the pre-Panini era, a time long before George Foreman started making grease-draining grills. When I was growing up, my mother made iron sandwiches. They were, in actuality, simple grilled cheese sandwiches made with the very same iron used on clothes. At our house, iron sandwiches began around the time of permanent press. I suppose you could take a highbrow approach with a French baguette, artisanal cheese, and garlic aioli, but Wonder Bread, singles of pasteurized prepared cheese product, and Miracle Whip work just fine. In fact, they're a better fit for the working-class profile of the sandwich. Here's how we make them. First, we heat our 40-year-old GE iron on the cotton setting. Then we coat the insides of the bread with Miracle Whip or mayonnaise and place one piece of cheese between the slices of bread. We spread salted butter on the top side of the sandwich in five places, like the pattern on a die. Then roll out 12 inches of aluminum foil to make a square. Fold the ends over the sandwich just until they meet, and then roll up the other ends to make handles so you won't burn your fingers. Place the hot iron on top of the sandwich. Listen and smell. On the cotton setting, two minutes per side, and the bread is browned, the cheese properly melted. That's our version of the iron sandwich. For Potluck Radio, I'm Fred Sossman. This is Alan Benton, and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. And a bunch of you might have been doing this for years already, but if not, here's some good kitchen scrap know-how that'll help your gardening out, involving coffee grounds and eggshells. I don't know if you save your coffee grounds or use them in your compost, but we do. We have a tall plastic container in our kitchen right on the counter next to the coffee maker, and we toss our coffee grounds and filter and all in that tall plastic container. And About once a week, I carry it out to the compost bin because coffee grinds make good fertilizer. Lots of plants like blueberries, rhododendron, roses, and tomatoes thrive the best in acidic soil, and so We recycle our coffee grounds to help acidify our soil. There's a couple of ways to do it. You can either top dress by sprinkling the used grounds over the surface of the soil, or you can make 
coffee to pour on your gardens. And I'm not talking about using brand new good coffee, but soak up to six cups of the used coffee grinds for up to a week to make a garden coffee. Then you can use it to water your acid-loving plants. And on eggshells, if you've ever used lime in your garden, then you know it comes with lots of benefits. Mostly, it helps to lower the acidity of the soil for plants that don't like acid. And it provides plants with a lot of calcium, which is an essential nutrient. So lime itself is an all-natural fertilizer that you can buy at the garden center. But if you'd rather save money, there's a cheaper way to get the same benefits. Simply wash out your eggshells from the kitchen and save them and crush them into your garden. Because eggshells are 93% calcium carbonate, which is the scientific name for lime. If you're going to toss it in the trash, maybe think about saving it in your compost and helping out in the garden. So there's your compost, coffee grind, and eggshell tidbits. I actually learned that from my grandparents, who were really good gardeners. And uh, they lived their life in Jackson, Mississippi, and they kept their little bucket under the sink with their coffee grinds and their eggshells. So, there's some good old country knowledge for you. Hope it helps. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.